Hi, I'm Aidan McHugh and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to episode 97 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molly, your host. This week, I speak to 20-year-old Scottish player Aidan McHugh. Aidan's a former top 10 ITF junior with a great attitude. Being from Scotland, he has had opportunities to train with Andy and Jamie Murray over the past few years. And he tells us all about what he has learned from the Murrays, as well as his tennis journey so far and more. If you're a listener, I'm sure you know Slinger are the official sponsors of the Functional Tennis Podcast. Slinger make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. And to celebrate our upcoming 100th episode, we're giving away one of their Slinger Bags to a listener. Entries are open to any country that Slinger ships to. There'll be a full list and full terms and conditions on our site at functionaltennis.com. But offhand, they ship to USA, Canada, UK, Switzerland, most of the major European countries, Australia, Japan, India, Israel, and more. To enter, all you have to do is take a screenshot of your favorite Functional Tennis Podcast episode and tag our podcast account, which is at Functional Tennis Podcast, and also tag the Slinger account, which is Slinger Bag, and do this all on your Instagram story. We'll keep a record of all the tags, and then we'll pick a random winner, which will be announced on episode 100. If you have any questions about it, you can send me a DM on our Instagram account or send me an email at fabio at functionaltennis.com. I'm really excited by it and can't wait for one of our listeners to win a slinger bag. Okay, let's jump on to the call with Aiden. Hi, Aiden. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? Thanks, mate. How are you? I am great. Tell me what's going on. You're in Roehampton. How is training going? Yeah, it's going it's going um, well. I'm basically doing a few weeks on the dirt, you know, trying to get on the clay here at Roehampton. There's nowhere else in the UK to do it. So it's it's been great, yeah. Is it that hard in the UK? It's just like no clay courts. Is there somewhere down the south where there's normally a clay court tournament on? Is there? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you might be right. Yeah. There's I mean, there's definitely a few. We actually used to have some in, in Scotland, but it was the kind of uh, grey clay at Craig Locker in Edinburgh. But yeah, in terms of red clay, this is the, the best we'll get in, in the UK. And it's it's really good, actually. They did they really improved them. So the last the last few weeks I've been I've been using them. Nice. And who are you training with there during the week? This week I've been training with like a, a mixture of players there's a few boys around um i mean normally i'm training most of the time with with jack draper and simon carr who who you know so those boys are you know really nice guys and you know we got on we got on really well so it's it makes the training a lot a lot easier nice i i did ask simon give me something on aiden he didn't get back to me with anything so he must really like you he must really like you <laughs> But I'm normally the guy when Simon calls me, he's normally come back from an injury, he hasn't played in a few months and I get a session in and then I'm never asked again. That's what normally my call with Simon is. <laughs> but you're from Scotland. Scotland is obviously slimmer to Ireland, apart from you guys have the Murrays, which have been unbelievable for tennis. But what was it like growing up in Scotland with ambitions to be a pro tennis player? Yeah, I mean, obviously growing up, having the kind of the Murrays, I think is is massive for a lot of the young players. I mean, for for me growing up, it was it was huge, obviously, because there was someone who was 
at the highest level so for me it was just a big a big motivation and kind of showing that you're able to do it so I mean that definitely encouraged me to keep to keep playing tennis and probably in, influence the kind of way the way I compete and you know obviously you know Andy and Jamie both their reputation like they're really competitive guys and you know that that was definitely huge for for me and I'm sure a lot of other like younger players in Scotland. And when did you really know you wanted to be a pro tennis player? I'm actually not sure because I mean I started when I was about you know five or so but ever since I was really really young like even even seven eight I was playing loads of different sports and I always kind of um, knew in my head that, that that tennis is what I wanted to do so it's a weird one I feel like I was just always that's what I was always trying to do and work towards um, even from you know as young as like six seven eight that's that's what I felt I was best at out of all the sports I played and I kind of knew that I was going to just keep backing on and play that sport more and more as the years kind of went on it's like you know all kids have a dream to be a pro tennis player but it's like when does it actually turn real it's like okay well mm-hmm. i'm actually gonna do this yes yeah, it's, it's obviously a, like a, a process that you've got to kind of work through the stages of of doing you know obviously when i when i when i started you're playing a lot of tournaments in in the uk and you're traveling around the uk obviously loads in scotland and then you travel you start traveling down to england as well you know to play the kind of the the regional regional tournaments when you're really young and it kind of maybe started more for me when you start getting some tournaments that are abroad, like I think I remember my first one, like under ten or under eleven, I think it was, was in Brejweer in France. Nice. Which I know a lot of players will have ended up there when they were younger, and I just remember really loving that kind of feeling of competing, not in my country. You know, it was a lot. It was a lot more exciting, and yeah, I think that gave me a taste for it really early. And I, you know, I've. I've not really looked back since. I've I've still loved traveling, and you know, always gets me excited to compete. And from being a junior in Scotland, were you training from in Edinburgh, or were you relocating to down to London? I was in Glasgow with my school. I, I went to you know the whole way through. I finished my I finished my hires um, in Scotland, and I obviously trained a lot in Glasgow and in Stirling was the National Tennis Centre for Tennis Scotland. So I did a lot between Glasgow and Stirling because that's where the national programme was. So, yeah, it was a lot of like, I mean, I did seven to nine before school and then I would be going, getting driven up with my parents from, you know, I think I was starting at like two o'clock up at Stirling. So I was getting half days from school and basically doing, you know, my tennis and then, you know, physical training as well up in Stirling. So, yeah, I did a lot of it. I think it was only until really... Um, 15 or so that I started doing a lot more training down in London you know because I was starting to finish my school so it was much easier to to be away from from Glasgow you know to with with all there's so many players down here you know so yeah around until 15 I would say that I was I was all in Scotland. And how old were you when you actually finished school? I think I would have been 17. And your parents are both doctors, is that correct? Yes, yeah, they are, yeah. So would there been a push? Obviously, they've come from a heavy educational background. Was there ever a push? Did they make sure you finished school? They were like, Aidan, the one thing you're doing is you got to finish school here. I mean, I don't, we never really had a conversation like that. But I mean, definitely. And also for me, to be honest, I wanted to finish it. Like, And it was a weird one because I remember even speaking to teachers as well. I was... Uh, you know, I did well in school and it obviously encouraged me to want to do it more. But 
I kind of always had in my head that, yeah, I was going to get my best results in the exams. And I even remember speaking to teachers and saying, you know, I'm, I obviously, I really want to do well in this because I'm putting, you know, a lot of time towards it. So I want to, you know, do well in my exams and I want to keep doing well in my tennis. But I never had the the attitude of actually, you know, use, you know, going further than that in terms of using the exams to go to any sort of, you know, university or anything. I just, I thought if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it as you know, 100% as best I can, and then and then I'll be able to crack on in my tenor. Nice. So there was never any thought of top university in the States? Personally, yeah, I just never, I always kept uh, the option open because I obviously know it's, you know, your things can change and you can change your mind. But for me, personally, I always never thought I was going to go to go to the States and got a, a lot of friends that have gone over, you know, recently, obviously my age in the last kind of couple of years, and a few more just heading out now. So, you know, it's it's definitely a great option for some for some players. But just for me, that wasn't something that I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to get straight out and compete. You know, as much as much as I can because you know that's that's what I you know love doing the most. You know, obviously you need to. There's a lot of training that goes with it. But you know, I wanted to get out there and kind of be able to go full time because there was so many players that were already going full time. You know, there's a lot of guys that drop out of school at you know 12 even you know it's mad how young some of them stop so yeah I wanted to really crack on. Yeah no I think you did the right thing there finishing school at least you gave that everything and then you knew in your head what you wanted to do so no doubt you're given everything from what I've heard you know you give everything on and off the court which is great to hear but so junior career you're top 10 junior how did you find the junior circuit? I really enjoy the juniors I mean I think it's it's obviously very different from you know, from the professional tournaments in the circuit, but I loved it. You get to go to, if you're able to work your ranking up, you know, obviously I was able to play all the top junior tournaments and the junior grand slams and being around the, the top players in the world was was amazing. And obviously me being lucky enough to know both Murray's well, I got to practice for them at some of the big tournaments and it was a really nice experience for me. And as well with the juniors, the circuit is obviously you a lot of you will play the same tournaments like the same schedule especially your last couple of years of juniors say so because any of the top juniors will just play the same sort of there's always usually a grade one before a grade a or grade one before a junior slam that sort of thing so you get you know i've just and i still have loads of really good mates from junior circuit and you know it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun as well you know like the futures is is not always the same people every single week so whereas with the juniors you know you're you're going all over the world and you're bumping into exactly the same people so it's you know i made a, a lot of good mates from that and you know it's nice as well obviously to get the experience playing at some of the you know the big big courts and big venues and for you from from the luxury of the playing the junior slams and we are treated like right you're a superstar really going to futures what's been the toughest challenge of that for you? It's obviously just very different. Like, you know, you would go from having, you know, a, a bigger amount of people watching or around the venues to, to you know, not, not many people watching at all. You'd have maybe have your your coach or um, a couple of the boys or whatever that you're traveling with. So you try and watch each other. But yeah, it's obviously just very, it's very different. You kind of need to have your head screwed on well and just get your head down and crack on, you know, and, try and take care of your job like and and crack on because yeah it's not easy you know it's 
very, very different. You know, you'll go to some venues and the atmosphere is it's tough. For, I mean, for me, I don't mind it, but for some players I've spoken to about it, they would be saying it's, you know, it's tougher for them to get up for matches and things like that. But for me, I, I don't really mind it. But yeah, you definitely have to have a good mentality to kind of keep your head down and just keep keep working to try and get wins and do your job and move and just keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, do your work and then hopefully, I don't know, six months, two years later, you've stepped out of that, hitting the challenges hard. But for you, obviously you've had access to Murray. When's the first time you've played with either Andy or Jamie? I think I would have been maybe like 15 or something like that. I think maybe a bit younger, I'm not sure. But I remember Jamie invited me to Miami for his, basically where he does his off season and still, and still does it in Boca. And... I think that was basically the first time I did a lot of a lot of training with him and I obviously did a lot of singles training kind of after our sessions but you know he was he was on court um every day with Louis Kai who's you know an amazing coach and really really knowledgeable about about the game so for me that was really good because I obviously got to be around Jamie and Louis every day and I definitely learned a lot and I was still pretty young. So they're both very nice. You know, like Andy, I got invited out to Andy's off season a couple of years after that. And, you know, I did some training with Andy in London. And yeah, I just remember the pace of, of Andy's ball when I was only, I was only like 15 when I first hit with Andy and the pace of his ball was like, was pretty surprising to me how, you know, how hard he actually hits it in practice. Like, you know, with fresh balls as well, you know, I wouldn't even be used to practicing with fresh balls and, he comes out with fresh can every like belt. So yeah, it was a great experience for me. Like some things that you need to that the, well, the, the top guy in the world was doing, and I think he was getting to world number one. I think maybe that year or later that year. I think it was before before he went out to do that Asia swing where he did well in Shanghai and and I think Paris was around um, either before or after that. And you know what got him to number one in the world. So. He was right at the top of of his game there, and I just remember I think learning how how hard they both work, and you know how daily they're always putting in their absolutely their best effort, and that's something that you know had an influence on me when I was when I was only that age. You know, I was only I was only learning, you know, and getting to hit with some of the top players. So, you know, I definitely found that really beneficial, and you know, I felt that gave me a bit of an edge in some of the junior matches, just even feeling the tempo much higher at an early age and then being able to kind of use that as I was playing matches. This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over the world. They just launched their most innovative tennis range ever, which includes the new Court FF3 Novak, the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of Novak Djokovic. Get your pair now at ASICS.com. What is the tempo like from hitting with Andy back then and even now compared to a junior level or even like a, a lower futures level? You know, a lot of people can hit the ball that heavy, but just the tempo comes back on is just another level. Yeah, I mean, loads of players are very different, obviously. It's not like they all hit exactly the same, but 
and he just obviously in practice. I know I've watched them play loads of matches, at, you know, live at you know Davis Cup a lot of the time in Glasgow as well. But you know, he'll change obviously depending on the opponent and use a lot more you know shape and variation in matches. But in practice, it would feel like you know, especially when it was the first time I hit with him, it was like he was absolutely caning the ball, like. It's just so flat and so hard, every ball, and it just really shoots on you. You know, it feels like you've really got to get your contact like out, out in front. I remember kind of feeling that. So, yeah, and obviously with the tempo, they keep repeating it. It's not as if they just do, you know, one hit and the rally's done. Yeah. They're able to sustain it, and, you know, that's what he can do to so many players and why he's, you know, one of the best in the sport is because of the, the amount of pressure he can put on guys. And obviously, I think how he can like adapt to different opponents as well which is you know name of the game you got to be able to kind of change up your your plan and make kind of small adjustments depending on who you're playing but yeah it's just obviously the, the way the ball moves on to you and the fact that he's able to and the top is able to kind of sustain it and I mean even even I remember you know when I got to practice with Dan Evans for like a week or so around the same age when I was 15 or 16 and he obviously plays very different differently to Andy and you know I, I really enjoyed that because he obviously uses a lot of variation you know uses a slight backhand slice really well and comes forward moves to the net and you know I definitely learn a lot from any time that I'm like around around Evo and on the court with him because you know I look to try and use a lot of this similar patterns that that he plays with so you know different guys are are different with how they hit the ball but they've all got you know a lot of intensity the the higher up the levels you go and how important is it for players like you let's say 15 16 17 18 to have opportunity to play with these guys like evans murray's and all the other great brits and you said it gives you an advantage but do you think it's crucial to have this i'm not sure if it's crucial but it's obviously just a it's a nice it's a nice thing to be able to see what the top guys are doing you know feel the kind of weight of shot or feel how they practice their intensity it's good to feel that at a young age you know so that you're able to get a bit of an early insight of like right I really need to work on this or I really need to do that a little bit more and I mean, even just the tempo, when I was talking about maybe felt I felt a bit of an advantage after going from like at Wimbledon, even in juniors, I, I would warm up with Andy some of the days and he'd, he'd go off to play, you know, his match and I would go to play my junior match. And I just felt like I had so much, you know, time on the ball because I've just gone from hitting with him. So it, it can obviously just help you get used to the stronger tempo and the stronger weight of shot earlier. You know, and and from that side of things, you're gonna you're gonna feel so much more time on the court. You still got to do the right thing with the ball, though. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just really interesting to hear all this, and also from being around these guys. Did you feel like you say how hard they work? Did any of you feel I'm not working hard enough? I can work harder. You know, does it open up a window of how much harder you should be working and can work? Yeah, I mean, definitely. When I was when I was younger, like be you know even seeing doing sessions with Andy and seeing like how how hard he was working and how much time he was putting in off the court as well from warming up and cooling down, like those sort of things. And that was one of the first one of the first things he ever told me when I, I think before I'd practiced with him when I was thirteen or fourteen in Glasgow when I I met him and we were having a chat and we were talking about a few things and what he was doing at my age you know one of the things he 
he was kind of big on was that he wishes he had stretched more and looked after his body when he was younger. And obviously now he's doing, you know, loads of stuff, work off the court, um, you know, to, to look after his body. But I remember, I've always remembered that, that you've really got to look after your body because it is, it is your job and you're trying to give it your all every time you're on the court. So you need to look after yourself before and after, you know, training days and, and matches as well, you know. So, yeah, it definitely showed me how, how hard you need to work to be able to get to, to get to the level that you need to be at. But, um, yeah, it was it was obviously really motivating nice and how hard are those miami training camps do you sleep well every night <laughs> yeah I slept like a baby yeah yeah it's just it's obviously the conditions are very tough like very hot out there humid but to be honest it's perfect because that's what you want to be training and you want to be training in in hot conditions to be used to it so that when you go away and you're you're playing matches in it and competing that it's it's not as big a shock to the system but it's a lot of them, you'll do a lot of kind of good work with your players and in the off-season, like you'll do a lot of cardio-based and conditioning training where you're, there's a lot of volume and it might be that in the afternoon or so, like you would do more specific stuff and it's it's maybe not as physically demanding. But yeah, definitely a lot of the sessions, you know, he'd be doing in the mornings, you know, would be, a, would be really demanding on the body and stuff. So yeah, you've really got to put that work in though that sets you up really well for the, the year. Did he have you on the Versa Climber? <laughs> I didn't do it with him. I've done it in off-season and it's, yeah, it's ugly. I mean, it's not it's not nice, but I mean, it's a great machine. It's a great exercise to do because it really, you know, you, it's, you're using your full body in that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great exercise. Nice. And tell me just a few more questions, Aidan. One, role models. Obviously, I can see Andy has been, you know, he's helped you out in your career. You're part of his management team, which was amazing to have their guidance. But do you have any other players who were your role models growing up? Yeah, I mean, for me growing up, obviously Andy, but definitely Federer was the one that I was watching because I, I have a single-handed backhand and I've always had that since, you know, I never remember having a two-hander. So even from when I started at five, six, you know, I would remember having a single-hander. So Federer, obviously, <laughs> being the one um, at the top of the game with a single-hander, I always watched him and, you know, he was definitely, you know, one of my idols growing up. And I always, like, <laughs> like I, I would almost joke with Andy as well that even when I, even if Andy's playing him, you know, I still want Andy to duff him up, you know, but <laughs> I still I still want Federer to do well, you know. The tough one. Yeah. And you sort of played a few points against Federer at the exhibition in Edinburgh. Or was it Glasgow? Yeah, it was Glasgow at the at the Hydro. Yeah, it was it was mental. I mean, I was basically sick. I'd I'd warmed up like we'd practiced earlier that day. Um, I practiced with Andy on the court, and then I'd practice with Jamie um, straight after. And then basically, me me and Jamie were sitting right behind the court and watching this match and I think Federer had on like the kilt and everything at one point and <laughs> yeah it was they were obviously having a good time and then I saw Andy start to kind of make a few comments and like make a few like looks at me when he was when he was coming around the back of the court so I was like I was thinking he was going to do something and then in the tie break yeah he's like basically told me to to like come here and I'm like, what's, you know, he's he's a bit busy just now. Like, what's he talking about? And he's getting, he gives me his racket and telling me to go and play some points. And I'm like, changed out of my tennis kit. I'm in like, you know, tight, casual um, jacket and everything. Like, 
and you know he's he's made me go on and play some tennis but it was it was good fun i wish i'd made one of those shots against fed but i literally couldn't move you know couldn't move, move properly i need i need my speed it's one of my big uh my big things but uh, yeah i think fed um yeah rolled in the serve for me and i think I, I crunched a couple returns but didn't make the didn't make the pass which was gutting but but yeah, it was good fun. Like as he was la- Federer was out laughing with me afterwards about it, and he was a really nice guy about it. So um, yeah, it was it was a funny a funny experience. Federer be still on the tour in a few years. You'll get your revenge. Yeah, yeah. I told him that. Hopefully, I get to get him back. Yeah, brilliant. But tell me, just ended on advice for fellow Scots, let's say young juniors like yourself who were growing up where you know access to the best tennis facilities aren't nearby and i see ireland has been something similar you know simon you know the struggles he's had he has to travel like to get the best facilities what advice do you have for juniors in that situation you mean like in terms of just with the struggle of getting venue just getting the right team around you just giving yourself belief i know you've had andy there to help give you the belief but people come from similar sort of countries that possibly don't have that inspiration and probably don't have the best coach in the world or you know it's where it's a bit more difficult than let's say being based at the nct or the ntc sorry from when you're young it's obviously not easy like you know i mean definitely with scotland and ireland are very very similar especially with probably their attitudes you know they're both really really strong countries and i think you've just got to keep your head down and put the work in I mean it's not always going to be the best the best court or the best venue or have the best players to be practicing with all the time I mean you've really got to manage it and make make it work but you know especially you know people from you know Glasgow or Scotland or or Ireland you know and a lot of these countries you know they get strong attitudes so I don't think it's a, a problem but you know, even for me, when I was practicing in Glasgow, I would be practicing with the same the same one or two guys back to back to back for like literally, you know, two and a half years straight. And you, we still got the work done. You know, it was still really enjoyable. And I remember joking every morning, like when I'd be going in at seven in the morning and in Scotston, which is one of the big tennis centers in uh, in Glasgow, it's like there's no obviously no one else there and it's pitch black before we put the lights on. So, you know, you've got to kind of create your own atmosphere and try and really, yeah, just keep your head down, keep working as hard as you can and giving, giving your absolute best every time you, you go and compete and, you know, you will eventually work your way up if you keep doing the right things. So, yeah, it's definitely not easy, but you've got to do, do the best you can and, and what you're given. So it's all attitude is what you're saying. The attitude you bring. I think so, yeah. Nice, that's nice. And tell me, have you ever played Simon in a match? Not practice match. No. Yeah, he still winds me off about it. He beat me in, in the Tri-Nations tournament when we were, I don't know if that's under 12, under 14 maybe, in Glasgow. He was obviously playing for Ireland and the Irish team were there and you know I was playing for Scotland. So it was Scotland versus Ireland. It might have been on one of the, the last days of the tournament. We'd split sets. I think I'd won the first set, he'd won the second set, and then it was a championship tiebreak to 10 to, to decide it, and he got me. So I don't think we've played in a, in, a, in a live match, you know, like in juniors or in any of the futures tournaments. I don't think we have. We've obviously practiced loads, and, you know, we get... <laughs> I get on really well with Simon. Like, he's, he's a really nice guy, and, you know, obviously Irish and 
Scottish, you get similar cracks, so it's easy. It's easy to to get on. But yeah, I'll, I'll need to hopefully play him soon and get him back. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. He's getting too much mileage out. That's seven or eight, six, seven, eight years mileage. That's too much. Yeah, exactly. He needs to let that go. Really, I think. <laughs> but Aiden, thank you very much for jumping on. Enjoy an odd Sunday today. Enjoy your day off, and I'm sure you've a tough week of training ahead, and then some tournaments. Hopefully, you can get out some tournaments. But thanks a lot. I'll be keeping an eye on the journey, and best of luck moving forward. Perfect. Thanks a lot, mate. No worries. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Aiden. He is super nice and committed to his tennis, and can't wait to see him progress through his tennis career. As I mentioned at the start, we're giving away a slinger bag, and to enter, all you got to do is take a screenshot of your favorite Functional Tennis Podcast episode and tag us at Functional Tennis Podcast and tag at Slinger Bag on your Instagram story. We'll collect them all and we'll pick a random winner and announce it on episode 100. Thanks a lot. Have a great week, and I'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you.